You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. That's right. We are back for season seven of this wonderful podcast that you all listen to. We appreciate that. Uh, this is our college football preview spectacular. A lot to catch up on, certainly. A lot of uh, a lot of movement, which is going to be the norm every offseason. Coaches' movement, player movement at an all-time high. Trying to suss out who's where, who's going to be making an impact week one, and uh, some other projections we might have. So we'll go through the Power Five conferences, maybe give a shout to some of our group of five favorites at the end, and uh, that'll be that. B. Frank, how you doing? I've, uh, physically, I felt better. Mentally, <laughs> I am so excited for college football. We are just days away as we are recording. Granted, it is the weird like week zero, week half, or whatever you want to call it. So there are some, you know, marquee matchups such as Nebraska and Northwestern battling it out in the what like Aer Lingus Ireland Bowl or whatever they're calling it. Um, in so in that'll Dublin, be a, a great reason, game. Yeah. yeah. Don't really understand why, except the Cats head coach is named Pat Fitzgerald. Like, that sounds Irish. We'll send him over there. Um, yeah, we did, we did have a very productive uh, Sports on Tap Summit over the weekend, um, not just Chicago. So got a lot of uh, good yes. ideas in store, and we're ready to go this season. Uh, let's, let's kick it off then with the ACC, a... Uh, a down year of sorts uh, for Clemson. I think anyone would love having a down year that was 10 wins. Um, but some surprising teams at the top last season. How do you see the the top of the conference shaking out this year? I think it would have been different if we didn't get the unfortunate news that Sam Hartman is going to be out with an undisclosed medical condition. Like we, uh, you know, like we tweeted out, we hope he gets better quickly and uh, returns to the field whenever he he is able to and ready to. Uh, it does not seem like it'll be this season whatsoever, and that's a huge blow to a Wake Forest team that really looked poised to return quite a few key pieces and a team that is coming off of an ACC championship. So it's got to be Clemson who's going to be the winner here. I, I really don't see much else nc state can put up a fight devin leary is is now the de facto top quarterback in the conference but i really don't see too many other teams miami could could make some noise virginia can make some noise but really uh too many other teams have too many question marks after losing talent last year yeah it uh it feels a little a little boring but i think i gotta go with clemson as well i think it's just going to be even without brent venables of course, left to Oklahoma. The defense is going to be absolutely stacked, especially along the line, Murphy, Brissy, and all of those guys. Um, TJ was disappointing offensively uh, last year. We really took the small sample size, um, how he was against Notre Dame in 2020, kind of expecting him to put it together for a full season. Didn't happen. Probably be more reliant on the run game with Will Shipley. But all that being said, I think this is going to be Clemson's conference once again. Um, and then in the Coastal, give me Pitt by a nose over Miami. I think, I think it's going to be Clemson-Pitt in the championship game. Yeah, 
I you could really flip a coin for me there. I think uh Slovis has has to prove a little bit. I don't know that he's gonna replace a Kenny Pickett. Like I, I think that's way too big a shoes to fill. But if you're you're gonna be a typical Narduzzi team, really lean on the defense and then allow the offense to kind of put together what it can throughout the week. In in that scheme, I think Pitt has a chance to to win it. If Tyler Van Dyke can keep up what he was doing last year, then Miami really can blow away the rest of that division. Yeah, it's it's like in a perfect situation, it would just be a plug and play for Pitt. Like right. Keaton Slovis is just gonna slide in here. We've got Jared Wayne's back, We've got Kanata Mumfield, freshman all American from Akron. Can't replace Jordan Addison either. Um, but yeah, to your point, they've got All-American caliber players on defense still, um, and that's where Narduzzi likes to make his money anyway. Um, so Pitt, I think, overall, not going to be as good as they were last season, but I think they will be good enough um, to win that division. And speaking of Miami, one of the most notable coaching changes in the offseason, Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon, um, coming to Miami. You mentioned Tyler Van Dyke, um, one of the best returning quarterbacks in the conference, very productive, filling in for De'Ara King last year after King went down um, with yet another injury. There seems to be a lot more enthusiasm around Miami football, particularly in recruiting. Um, So I I think it's trending in the right direction. Um, Just just from a, a vibes perspective. Yeah, I mean it's contagious in both the basketball and football programs if we see as we've seen some wild news in terms of recruiting, but just in general, like it's it's not like a Texas is back situation. This feels like a, a very quiet and casual, like, oh shit, Miami's actually putting together really solid off seasons, really putting together recruiting programs and packages that are working and resonating with top talent again. Yeah, and I mean the the U being back would be fun for football. They've they've been having better seasons than Texas has in uh, you know a lot of the last decade. Um, yeah. So in a who's back off, they they might be winning that. But right, um, I, I think they should have a, a better season um, this year. But it's I think some questions are going to be asked to the defense. I think the secondary is going to be a little better, but I think it's going to be a lot of asking Van Dyke to just win games for them, um, which I mean, he's good enough to do so. That's not the the worst strategy in the world, but right. um, again, I, I, I don't think they will be challenging Clemson just yet this year, but it seems like should the momentum keep building in this direction, that's going to be very pop possible. Ugh. Very possible sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's to your point, it's not going to be as bad as Wake Forest last year, where it's like, all right, Sam, go score fifty-five points because our defense yeah. is gonna give up forty-eight. I think this is more a team that will give up scores in the twenties, maybe even thirties, but their offense is more than capable of putting up thirty-five plus a game. Absolutely. A uh, few other coaching changes, uh both in the uh, state of Virginia and that rivalry, new coaches, we've got Tony Elliott at Virginia, Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. Kind of thoughts on either their first-year outlooks? 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things you, you get the coordinators that come up and, uh, you know, when you first run that program, especially at a level like a Virginia and a Virginia Tech where the state is kind of open in terms of, of who can be that dominant football program. There is no real bell winner, bell cow, whichever is the right way to say that um, of the two. Like this year, Virginia is going to be the better of the two programs. And it, it I don't think it'll be necessarily close. Virginia Tech historically has probably had more of the success, but this is really like an open field. It's almost like a reset for both of these teams in the state to kind of lay their footing. So in in a world where offense has been dominant in college football and has been what leads so many teams to the playoff and beyond, you want to lean towards a team that takes the offensive stance. But we've seen Virginia Tech for years and years and years do it with a defensive minded coach. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what Elliot and Pry can do. I, I have no read either way, but I think they need to lay, lay the foundation immediately in the state because they can take a huge lead if they do so. And I think Elliot certainly has more to work with year one. Um, Brennan Armstrong, another one of those yeah. strong returning quarterbacks. If, if there was a league pass of college football, Virginia will probably be much more watchable. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty much all offense for the Cavs Armstrong and his top three receivers are back. And then you're a Grant Wells guy, right? I remember that correctly. He's, he's now the, the, the man at Virginia tech. Uh, so he, he's struggled a little bit, um, with consistency, but I think Virginia tech to your point, Pry is going to be a little more old school grounded pound with Malachi Thomas rely on uh, his front seven and kind of make some things happen there. Um, so I think a, a bowl game's within reach for both year one, um, but they'll just probably take very different formulas to do that. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's one of those revert to the mean almost, I think for Virginia tech. Um, you went with Fuente who's supposed to be kind of like the offensive guy it did not really turn out. Uh, maybe year one and year two ish, we saw flashes of it, but really lacked that consistency overall. And then Mike Elko is a new coach at Duke. Has had a a strong career so far um, as a defensive coordinator. Some very very prestigious programs. Duke is not that. Uh, Covered is going to be pretty bare year one um, yep. Shaka Hayward anchoring the defense. But other than that, it will be what he makes of it. Um, and really just a reminder that David Cutcliffe is a little bit of a wizard um, that he was, he was able to make Duke football relevant because um, year one here, I don't see a way in which they are. They will always have the bowl game against Texas A&M. So you can never take that away from them. Uh yeah, I, I like Mike Elko. I, I think he's had a, a really nice career so far, and I'm excited to see what he can do as a head coach. But really, like you said, Duke is not an easy place. That is that is for certain. thought you were going to say they'll always have that ball game against Indiana. I was about to flip my desk. No, so. no. That was, a, that was a little bit of a relief. Um, all right, who are some other players to watch around the conference for you? 
Brian Brissie, obviously a Clemson preseason All-American, uh, going to anchor the defensive line there. We mentioned Devin Leary. He is now the de facto top quarterback in the ACC. Uh, Rondell Bothroyd at Wake Forest. He did have eight sacks, even though it was a bad defense. I think they'll they'll be improved this year. That's not really going out on a limb to say like the worst defense in the conference is going to be improved, but they will be. Um, we've talked about Malik Cunningham in graphic form as one of our top quarterbacks. He provides a really nice dual threat over at Louisville. Uh, Zay Flowers is back over at BC along with Jerkovic, who gives him a top target and an NFL body receiver uh, to go and make some plays on a team that really doesn't have a ton else. Um, Sean Tucker, another preseason All-American, actually at Syracuse, a team that will not be good this year. Um, But he he had a... He, yeah, he will be. He had a, a really nice season with uh, almost 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. We mentioned Brennan Armstrong. We've got Kalija Kansi at Pitt, um, preseason second team All-American. He had seven sacks last year. Josh Downs is back in North Carolina. That guy is just a vacuum when it comes to catching passes. I, I do have Grant Wells listed for Virginia Tech, so you were spot on there. Um Shaka Hayward, like you said, at Duke. And then uh, Malachi Carter is a guy that Georgia Tech will really need to step up as they look to get into a a bit more of a uh, pass-heavier, pass-aggressive offense with everyone's favorite coordinator, Chip Long, taking over. It's still weird to think about Georgia Tech as a non-triple-threat program. Yep. Um, But ever so slightly edging in that direction – Charlie Thomas defensively for Georgia Tech, too. Um, another mm-hmm. guy to keep an eye on. Uh, keeping on the linebackers, I think Devin Leary is is supported by a pretty good duo in uh, Peyton Wilson and Drake Thomas, I think, up there with, with Clemson um, for kind of the best linebacking core in the conference. So no surprise that NC State is probably going to be nipping at, at Clemson's heels in the Atlantic division all season um at perry wake forest gonna be interesting to see what kind of season he has without sam hartman um we do expect or it sounded like we expect sam hartman to come back sometime this year uh, but kind of what he's able to do in the interim uh without him which i mean i feel like half the season may be likely pure speculation at this point but it sounded like it would be uh quite a few um 15 touchdown receptions with Hartman last year. So we'll see if mm-hmm. he can keep that up. And then Jamie uh, Robinson kind of anchoring the back of that Florida State defense. Really going to be interesting to see what kind of season the Knolls have. Um, that's that's another sort of sleeping giant of a program, if you will. Um, but they have been slumbering for quite some time. Going to need a yeah. spark. They'll be able to provide that in some games. But yeah. Other than that, hard to hard to see much positive uh, right off the bat there. Yeah, can can Jordan Travis continue his uh, his improvement into this year? That that's that's the key offensively, at least. Yeah, you'd like to think so. I am, you'd hope we so. Are, you're a Florida State fan. We are famously optimistic on this program at all times. Um, all right, that is. Uh, it's all ahead for the ACC. Go on down to the Big 12, um, which 
I think is the probably most competitive uh, championship race um, in terms of, you know, several teams more than just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the two that we'll probably talk about in the SEC later. Yeah. Uh, who do you, who do you see coming out as the uh, champion of the big 12 this year? Uh, I think I'm just going to get labeled like a fan at this point, but I'm going to stick with Oklahoma state. I feel like I've yeah. picked them so many times in the past um, but as I said in my top Big 12 quarterbacks, like I have, I have two problems in college football. They are both still there. They are both in conferences that are in the Power Five, and they are both in conferences with 12 at the end of the uh, the name. It's Bo Nix and it's Spencer Sanders. It's two guys that I simply cannot quit. Um, and I think Spencer Sanders is the best quarterback in the Big 12, and he's got a good defense, a defense that has continuously improved over the last three or four years under Mike Gundy and an offense that, that has been churning out great receivers, solid offensive lines, and really good running backs for the past couple of years. Uh, and really seemingly only we are talking about it. Um, but I like Oklahoma state. I think they get it done this year. I think they don't have the veil of pressure that they've had the past couple of years. Um, and that, that will help them perform this year. I mean, you just put the pressure on them. Taking them to I did to win the conference. I did. Um, I I am not going to do that. I actually have them third. Uh, so I I do like Sanders. I also think he's the best quarterback in the conference. I'm curious to see how the defense performs this year. Losing Jim Knowles to Ohio State, losing Rodriguez and several other contributors. They do have mm-hmm. Colin Oliver back at 11 and a half sacks last year. Um, so they're not just going to fall off a cliff, certainly, um, but. I think just compared to the other uh, would-be contenders, I think they're going to fall just a little bit short. I've actually got Oklahoma uh, continuing – well, not continuing their reign of terror because they weren't even in it last year, but Mm -hmm. uh, kind of reverting back to the norm, uh, bringing in a stud quarterback of their own in Dylan Gabriel from UCF um, and – it's not going to happen overnight, but I do think over his tenure, we're going to see something resembling defense being played in Norman. It's always been something that has kind of escaped, uh, you know, Stoops for a while, Lincoln Riley certainly was just going to outscore you every time. And that worked in conference play, but then mm-hmm. you get to the playoff and LSU just puts you in a body bag as they d- did to everyone that year. Um, so that's, a little harder to be sustainable, um, but you've got Gabriel. You've got some returnees to support him, like Marvin Mims on the outside, Val for Life, Eric Gray in the backfield, and just a, a strong trio of running backs in general. And if, as I expect and hope, they can kind of take a step forward defensively, that's going to be enough for whatever you might lose on offense by Lincoln Riley not being there and put them over the top. Um, Baylor, I think, will be there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ike is back. Dylan Doyle is back defensively. Blake Shapin impressively won the starting job, um, but I think they might not be the most watchable football team this year. I think it's going to be uh, like Dave Aranda's team made in his own image. It's going to be tough. They're going to make you fight for every yard. I don't see them putting up a ton of points, um, you know, 
no trust Nebner anymore. Um, no, no spark plug like that. I think they're going to win a lot of games on defense. So we've kind of seen the last couple of years, the identity, so to speak, of the, the big 12 shift away from, you know, every game 50, 45. Um, so I think that's going to benefit Baylor, but I just, I don't think there's enough there offensively to win the conference, um, but it'll be good. I can see it now. Four four years into the future, we've got a Baylor Oklahoma Big Twelve Championship game that finishes seven to three because both teams are built in the likeness of their head coaches and it's just straight defense. It's like it was almost like uh ships passing in the night a little bit, the Big Twelve yeah. SEC. It's like the the legendary uh six three Alabama LSU game. Um now, you know. Could be more likely in this conference, but yeah. that's, uh, that's the nature of the sport now, I guess. It is. It is. Uh, so a couple other new coaches besides Venables, uh, Sonny Dykes replacing a legend uh, in Gary Patterson at TCU. A um, couple of disappointing seasons for the Frogs, the last couple, but the pieces are there, it seems like, for – Sonny Dykes to be able to create a a pretty fun offensive team pretty quickly. Yeah, he's he you know he's got an interesting um, head coaching record and just kind of background. But if there is one thing that is consistent, it is fun, fast, and high powered offense. And I think that is it's hard to say a far cry from Gary Patterson because. He liked to run the ball and he liked tempo, but defense was was always going to be the calling card for his teams. Um, so it should be it should be a nice change of pace, but it it'll be good to see, I guess, more traditional Big Twelve style offense get back into the league. Yeah, he's uh, he's had a lot of success in the group of five, kind of zero for one in his uh, power five coaching swings, but mm-hmm. I mean as Justin Wilcox has proven, it is still difficult to win at Cal. Yeah. Um, but I think Max Dugan, Quentin Johnson will link up for a lot of touchdowns this year. And uh, TCU could be decently fun. Um, and then Joey McGuire, Texas yeah. high school legend. Kind of weird timing with how everything played out last year. Uh, getting rid of Matt Wells when he had a winning record. Poaching McGuire kind of in season from Baylor and really just letting him go nuts on the recruiting trail. Uh, So similar to Miami, as we talked about, there seems to be a lot more energy around Texas Tech. But right now, I think it's just a team that is searching for an identity. He's already come out and said that all three quarterbacks will play in some capacity in the season opener regardless of who officially the starter is, the other two are going to have packages, which I feel like is always setting yourself up for failure. Um, But Texas Tech hasn't really been uh, a major player since Mike Leach, so I guess he's just going to see what happens and and go from there. But, I mean, there's there's talent on the roster. There's going to be more talent. He is is drilling – for gold in the state of Texas, where, you know, despite what Cliff Kingsbury will tell you, you can find good linebackers and defensive players there. They're out there. 
Um, I so always, yeah, I just always think <laughs> of that damn press conference. It's like there are, you know, there are like 3,000 high schools in Texas or whatever, and almost all of them have football programs, and they've got 11 guys on the defensive side of the ball. So that's over 10,000 defensive players, and you're telling me you can't find 11 to play at Texas Tech? Yeah, but I, I mean, he's he's got Tyler Shuck, uh, former former Duck legend. Uh, there's there's talents on the outside. Sir Roderick Thompson in the backfield. It's and actually the uh, I was forgetting about Zach Kitley, probably the uh, the hottest offensive coordinator on the market this past off season, who turned Bailey Zappi into a god at Western Kentucky. He is now Texas Tech's the offense. I'm pretty confident it's going to be fun, especially once they mm-hmm. lock in on one quarterback. It's just sounding like a broken point. record. Yeah. Who, who's going to step up and, uh, and play some defense. Yeah. Hopefully someone, but we will have to wait and see. Who are uh, some other players you've got your eye on in the Big 12? Uh, let's go down the list. I've got uh, Ben Sims at Baylor. 31 catches for a little over 300 yards and six touchdowns. He should be a good red zone threat and off the play action again this year. Xavier Hutchinson, although I don't necessarily feel confident in who will be throwing him the ball. He's a great pass catcher uh, with almost a thousand yards and five touchdowns. Say something nice about Kansas. Kenny Logan Jr. uh, had 110 tackles last year at safety. Typically a problem, but he had 110 tackles, so good for him. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, preseason All-American, 1,400 yards and 18 touchdowns last year. Should be another uh, really good running back in this conference that is full of them. Dante Stills at West Virginia has a really good 6'5". 285-pound frame, had seven sacks last year, really quick off the edge, uh, provides a lot of good pressure for the Mountaineers. You mentioned Quentin Johnson. I expect his numbers to go up this year uh, as Dugan hopefully stays healthy through most of the season. Bijan Robinson, obviously, we haven't talked at all about Texas, but he is, is Texas probably... Is that, That's a great question. <laughs> um, and as always, I will refrain until they beat the shit out of no-name school in week one and then uh, wow. declare immediately that they're back. Um, Bijan Robinson may be the best running back in the entire country. I would argue he is the best player in this conference. Um, Dylan Gabriel, obviously, there's a lot of profession- pressure to perform, but he has shown that he is capable at UCF. And then my guy Spencer Sanders again, just to give him a second shout-out. Bijan Robinson, I I don't think many would argue with you as being the best player in the conference, especially with like there are solid quarterbacks, but we have seen, I think, much better crops of quarterbacks to start a season. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the second most broken tackles nationally last year, um, and then Xavier Worthy at Texas too um, is going to, I mean, Sark's got to be hoping be a. Uh, Security break blanket for Quinn Ayers just had yeah. a phenomenal uh, freshman season of his own. Um, say something nice about Kansas. They may have a quarterback. They they may have a quarterback. Jalen Daniels was putting up some big numbers to end last season. Uh, so Kansas could be decent, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, 
a something like four wins for Lance Leopold in in year two, I think would be outstanding. Um, I miss Brees Hall. I really do. Um, I, yep. I this is this is the part of the program where I would have spent about ten minutes waxing poetic about Iowa State. I can't really do much of that um, except to say Will McDonald probably going to be an All American again um, after an eleven and a half sack season. But yeah, no Brock Purdy. Uh, say what you will about him, but he was uh, he was sturdy and he was he was back there for. Quite a few starts, and that's going to be tough yeah. to to replace for Matt Campbell. Um, so, yeah, whoever can get the ball to Tachinson is could be the guy. Um, but that's that's someone that you appreciate having back there um, to throw to at least. But yeah, the I mean, uh, the Cyclones are definitely going to take a step back this year. They they probably had the biggest win of the off season though by keeping Matt Campbell as head coach. Yeah. The same for keep, sure, you, like the year he leaves. <laughs> you keep waiting for him to. Um, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I think. I think he's just the guy there now. I think he he's just trying to become like Bill Snyder of Iowa State football. Hey, there's nothing it's, wrong with that. But no. my God, like just tell us then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit of a uh, a mystery every off season, or I guess we are. Somewhat responsible for creating some of the noise, but um, I would never admit that under oath. So, no. just thoughts. Uh, Big Ten. We are in Big Ten country. Um, you know, people forget Fogo de Chao in Rosemont is not too far away from Chicago. Uh, so, this is near and dear to our hearts. Um, I'll go first on this one. My my champion is Ohio State's. I don't think that that would surprise anyone. Um, just Very brave of you. I, I don't really see how anyone is going to stop an offense that has C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson in the backfield, and then we kind of got a preview in the Rose Bowl, um, that shootout of the kind of the, the new receivers, um, now that Olave and Garrett Wilson are gone, Jackson Smith in Jigba, um, Marvin Harrison Jr., it really makes you feel old. And Ohio State now has the aforementioned Jim Knowles as the defensive coordinator. So plugging up kind of a, a hole or a, a reason for criticism the last couple of years, especially after Michigan ran all over them this year. They've obviously got a lot of defenders with a lot of stars next to their names. But I think with Knowles, the scheme will improve and the rich get richer. So I've got I've got Ohio State over Wisconsin in the the championship game. I am with you on Ohio State, believe it or not. I know very bold. Shocker. Um we saw what the offense could do and they put up just video game stupid numbers throughout most of the season. The problem obviously was the defense. They were horrific through really big stretches of the season, especially big games when they needed them. Um we saw Muhammad Ibrahim go off for 163 yards before getting hurt in week one, and that is just one player through one week. The run defense was especially porous, but they should be improved, all things told. Along with Jim Knowles, like this defense, in terms of personnel, should just be improved. 
The offense will not skip a beat, and I think uh, it's going to be pretty ugly for for some of the the lower teams that they're going to have to play this year. Yeah, we are thinking Rucker and no one else. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean they've still they've still got Zach Harrison on the line. Um, you know, Denzel Berg, Ronnie Hickman. They've got talented defenders um, who just did not always look the part um, in some of the games last year. And yeah, that, that Minnesota game to start the season, that was very close and pretty yeah. much a Mohamed Ibrahim injury away from a massive upset in the first game of the season. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough for me to see anyone uh, overtaking them, but obviously Big Ten East going to be a very tough division again. Um, the West, not as much. Um, I, I think Wisconsin will have kind of a, a return to form. Braylon Allen looks like he is already going to be the next yep. great Wisconsin running back. Whatever Graham Mertz can give him will be good enough because Jim Leonard has established himself as one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Um, you know, from a, a yardage perspective, points allowed. Wisconsin was right near the top last season. Um, and I would expect them to kind of be at that level again. Um, but it's Ohio state. That's yeah. just, you're, you can only, you can only keep them down for so long uh, before they're just going to go on a run um, as much as it pains me to say it. Yeah, no doubt about it. I am, I'm with you on Wisconsin as well. I, over under on the Wisconsin Iowa game. Iowa has basically no offense. Wisconsin does have some offense, but Iowa obviously is going to make their money on the defensive end this year. They've got two preseason All-Americans uh, on that side of the ball. Um does it does the total break 20? I was going to say 23. I think like a 13-10 game. Um it, seems that, like it would be on brand. It feels close to that, yeah. Um, yeah, but Riley Moss, the band of my existence, back for Iowa. Um, yep. He's he like that's that's kind of the thing with Iowa last year, and kind of why they're so hard to project again this year is just there's they can't they can't get as many short fields from their defense. You would think, um, but yeah. for most of last year, we kept saying that week after week, and kept. Just finding out, you know, they can uh, they can seemingly keep doing this at will, um, and then, you know, Jack Campbell in the middle of that defense again, and yep. the offense very hard to project. They do have the next tight end in their NFL pipeline, and Sam Laporta, he's back after leading them in all receiving categories last year, so I'm sure he will get some run again. Um, but outside of that, it's it's hard to uh, to point it much in the way of consistency, and yet every year we we see them winning seven to ten games mm-hmm. and just rendering all of this conversation moot. It's just it's just fun when you know the constants in life, right? <laughs> yep, never too high, never too low, just right, right there, right there near the top of the Big Ten West. Never too high, never too low is almost perfect segue for me to ask you about Indiana this year. Uh, well, 
I I just don't know. Um, it's the defense should be better. Um, Tom Allen's going to call plays again. Um, not that the defense was really bad last year. It was just like, I don't know, the Bears in any year since 2000, where you just keep putting them on short field after short field. Eventually, they're going to run out of gas and break. Um, mm-hmm. I like the secondary is pretty much all back. They can stay healthy. Um, Taiwan Mullen is still a stud. Cam Jones is now the guy instead of Micah McFadden's best friend. So like, I, I like how the defense is put together. The offense is just a question mark. Um, like all of the skill position players are basically going to be transfers. If Connor Bazelak ends up being the quarterback, I like Sean Shivers out of Auburn at running back. Um, you know, no shame being tank Bigsby's backup. He's pretty good at football. Um, Yes. A lot of, you know, Juco and uh, high major transfers a receiver we haven't really seen much out of. And I need the line to not be an absolute dumpster fire, but I don't know if that's truly going to happen. Like, the team Indiana offseason was, you know, cleaning house. Uh, Nick Sheridan had to go. But for some reason, Tom Allen kept Darren Hiller, uh, the offensive line coach, after you know just week after week of terrible performances. I think because the general consensus out of Bloomington is because their wives are friends. Um, so that's super. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they they do return a lot on the on the line, and I, I did forget about DJ Matthews, uh, the one returning player, uh, good punt returner, good receiver, lost him early in the season uh, to injury last year out of Florida State. Um, So hopefully he can stay healthy as well. He wanted to come back for next year. I could see anywhere between – I don't want to go that low, but like anywhere between two and seven wins, I would not be surprised. Like anything could happen. Um, That's quite the range. It yes, it is. Uh, I I would like a bull win more than anything. I don't think this is going to be the year. Like every skill position transfer would have to hit, um, and I just I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I would love if it did. We can start out the season three and zero somehow. I will be I will be ecstatic. Um, the schedule sets up nicely there because we have the return game from inexplicably playing a road game at Western Kentucky last year. Um, Incredible who should, moment. Who should be less scary without Kitley and Zappi. Uh, yeah. I- Idaho week two is really the one win on the schedule. And then Illinois week one. That's really, I feel like, perfect litmus test because if you are a competitive decent football team that's a team you should be at home um if you're not you're gonna get embarrassed so that's uh that's where we'll find out would you say illinois is a must win or a can't lose uh i'm gonna give it a must win i I think love that i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go more aggressive than passive on it um i i do like that illinois arguably two best players are twins on opposite sides of the ball, Chase and Sidney Brown. Um, yep. That's that's some fun for Bert. 
but it's it's not in Illinois of like four or five years ago, certainly. But in a perfect world, neither is Indiana. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm cautious. Was too optimistic last preseason, and that is frequently when I get burned. Uh, so that shall not happen again for a couple months till we start talking about basketball. Of course, of course. That then you have actual <laughs> optimism, which is nope. fun. Nope, not not yet. Yes. Uh, all right, other uh, other players to watch for you in the Big Ten this year. Uh, whoever starts a quarterback for Michigan, if they ever decide, I I ju- like truly and genuinely feel that Harbaugh is going to continue to like cycle McCarthy and McNamara in and out, and that is going to be the inevitable downfall of Michigan. Um, I don't think their offense is going to be anything spectacular. The defense should be solid, um, but I think they're just going to get themselves into trouble against the rest of the Big Ten East by doing that. Uh, Jaden Reed stud receiver back at Michigan State giving Peyton Thorne his top target. Joey Porter Jr. over at Penn State can be a hard-hitting lockdown corner. Uh, Dante Demas, hopefully he can stay healthy because if he does, Maryland might have the second-best one-two punch at receiver in the conference because no one's going to beat those Ohio State receivers uh, with himself and uh, what the hell is his name? I just had it off the top of my head. Malik Jarrett, five-star from Maryland. Uh, To give Rutger a shout, Adam Corsak, because he is a preseason All-American, the punter, and he will be used (laughs) quite often this year. Uh, Your guy, Taiwan Mullen, is back. Hopefully he can stay healthy uh, and and make some plays in the secondary there. Aiden O'Connell, because if uh, Bryce Young wasn't in this conference, he would probably be the top returner. 72% 72% completion percentage last season. Uh, if he can cut down those interceptions from 11 to 7, he's going to be in really good shape uh, to be second team all Big Ten. Um, my guy, Muhammad Ibrahim, is back as well. I think he'll provide a nice one-two punch if he stays healthy with Tanner Morgan. Those two have been there for a while, and they know how to get the job done. Sidney Brown, who you mentioned at Illinois, and then Peter Skoronsky, all-American lineman from Northwestern because he will be probably the only bright spot of that Cats team. Yeah, he, he and Evan Hole kind of going hand in hand. He's cleared a lot of paths for 1,000-yard yeah. season last year. A uh, couple of questions from there. One, like, can Aiden O'Connell do this again without David Bell? Um, that's, that's really going to be the biggest question for Purdue's season because a lot of people yeah. have them as a uh, – a potential dark horse in the West. It's a third um, of his or third of his passing yards are gone. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and then Maryland, like, when are they uh, like actually going to do something noteworthy with all of these recruiting wins? You mentioned the five stars, and they've they've been really really dominating in that part of the country and just in general. Um, They've got Tagovailoa at quarterback. Um, Loxley has really turned them into a much better offensive team um, than they have been with the exception of, you know, one or two good DJ Moore seasons. Um, But that is kind of the nature of the beast playing in the Big Ten East, I suppose. Um, 
Who else do we have? Uh, Blake Horm at Michigan, if he can stay healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Had a productive season before that was ended early. I, I really think, to your earlier point, that you know Harbaugh is just going to rotate and not really allow either quarterback to get into a rhythm. They will turn again to just trying to run everyone into the ground. I feel like clearly last season was the absolute best case scenario um, for that. Um, yeah. So we'll see if they can catch lightning in a bottle twice or not. Um, but I don't know. Uh, Jacob Slade, Michigan state, one of the best interior linemen um, mm-hmm. at putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, I had another special teamer uh, from Rutger, Aaron Crickshank. Uh, one of the best returners in the conference. Um, also, it's a lot of receivers sometimes, I guess. But um, yeah, he does. Uh, Jair Brown at Penn State, six interceptions last year. Uh, haven't shouted out a center yet, uh, but we are in the Big Ten. Tyler Lindebaum, Remington Award winner last year. This year, one of the favorites, John Michael Schwartz out of Minnesota, um, who should again help two clear paths for Mo Ibrahim, he mentions. Um, and then Nebraska is in the Big Ten. Um, people forget this for good reason. But do. Garrett Nelson is back um, in the middle of that defense, 11 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks. Needs to have a big game week one. That's That I would also, well, that I would call a can't lose for Nebraska because it would be, far more embarrassing for them to lose that um, than it would be for Indiana to lose to Illinois. But Scott Frost's seat is very, very warm. Um, it has to be if you want to take yourself seriously as a program. It's a, it's a leather seat on a Scottsdale sunny afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really all I had for the Big Ten. Likewise. Shout out also Manny Diaz, new defensive yeah. coordinator for Penn State. Coming home. Former uh, former coach at Temple. Great career there. Um, all right. So to the Pac-12, you on the Utes? Oh, I'm always on the Utes. Now, I, yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, not always, but I am certainly this year. Uh, I just like what they've done the last couple seasons. Defense, running the football. They've got just a lot to be excited about. Cam Rising is back. Um, the defense looks solid. The secondary has been very good for a few seasons now, and even though they continue to graduate and produce NFL talent, they are continuing to fill those shoes with next man up, uh, and, it's, and it's working real well. So I'm going to stick with Utah. I think... There's too many moving parts at USC for, for them to win this conference. Um, it's going to be a great game between those two. That will be what decides the South, no doubt. Um, and I think the North, probably it's Oregon's to lose. I'd imagine they're going to take it. I, I don't feel much confidence out of anyone else up in the North, though. It, uh, if anything, it could come down to the Civil War. Um, yeah, so Oregon State's kind of reloaded nicely the last several years. Um, 
But yeah, I've, I've got the same Utah over Oregon. Um, even with all the talent that USC is, I do think the best three-headed monster offensively is rising Tavion Thomas and Brant Keithy. So put that together with Kyle Whittingham and just how consistent he has been over his tenure. Um, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna bring the noise defensively. They're gonna bring the pain. They are, like I said. Last year, the just kind of the the new Stanford in the Pac-12, um, just kind of in this position mm-hmm. year after year, and this is really the year where they're getting the preseason hype that they have, I think, certainly earned. Um, yeah, and and Bonix is just going to have to play well enough. I think there were certainly steps in this direction already um, that Oregon was kind of relying on its defense a little more. The offense is pretty inconsistent outside of die, but they've got Dan Lanning from Georgia. The man likes defense. He is going to rely on Noah Sewell. Um, They are going to win games that way. Um, Brandon Dorless in the defense too, but they're going to need one or two big games from Bo Nix. And just, if he can just not lose them any games the rest of the way, um, they're going to be, right there because yeah I'm, I'm with you there's potential in the next year or two certainly um but this year i don't think there's really anyone else in the north that jumps out of you it's a lot of just kind of firepower in the pac-12 south yeah exactly and if bo Nix can be the guy we thought he could be for years now then maybe oregon has a chance to win the entire pac-12 but i just don't see it happening we keep waiting yeah <laughs> And we have we've we've seen the flashes. There, there's just enough to keep you coming back for more, and that's that's why we love him so. It is poetic as well that he goes to Oregon after that was his, uh, you know, beautiful debut, where everyone yeah. thought that this guy's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, that, I mean, I guess we'll get to this, but like musical chairs in the SEC, same thing. <laughs> like those yeah. quarterbacks just going to the school that they beat the previous year. Yeah. Uh, so new coaches, we have to start with Lincoln Riley. And just reading through it, it's uh, you talk about an arms race and just this roster construction, especially offensively. You know, Caleb Williams, obviously, from Oklahoma. Jordan Addison from Pitt. Travis Dye in the backfield from Oregon. Mario Williams, receiver from Oklahoma, uh, that Caleb is familiar with. But uh, they will be fun. Will it be a similar situation to Oklahoma, though, where they'll score, you know, 40 plus points a game? It's anyone's guess if they'll stop anybody. Um, That's, I feel like, the biggest barrier between USC being a, a consistent national power again. Yeah, if Lincoln Riley's problems carry over from Oklahoma, then nothing changes. It's a, it's almost like a rinse-repeat kind of deal. Um, I was going to say this feels like a Texas Tech, Texas Tech basketball situation. Let me get way in front of that and clarify <laughs> before I compare Texas Tech football to USC, um, where there's just too many new pieces and they don't really mesh until later in the season and that can cost them maybe a few games or uh just opportunities to to really show how good they are um 
I think football's different enough that you don't necessarily have to worry about that. But it, it is something to be concerned about. I mean, it's a bunch of guys, granted, not your quarterback, really, but it is guys learning a new system and trying to figure it all out with what guys they've never played with before. Um, so that's the one thing I'm going to pay attention to, see how, you know, from week one to week four, this offense can evolve and transform. And if, if we see those improvements week over week, as long as the defense isn't, you know, getting blown up play after play, then I think they'll be okay. Yeah. And football is different too. in the Texas tech analogy, like those guys can come together late in the season, but yeah, if you already lose a couple games. You're already yeah. out of the running. Um, yeah. yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. It's like on paper, it's amazing. Paper doesn't always win football games. Uh, so we've, we've seen time and time again. Um, so that's, that's the biggest question mark year one, obviously over the next several years, I think all signs are pointing to USC being pretty damn good. Um, there's mm-hmm. a, a certain buzz again, but year one, I think, I think Utah is going to have the upper hand there. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, my guy at Washington, yep. a brilliant offensive mind who today just named Michael Penix Jr. as his starting quarterback, therefore further demonstrating his brilliance. Um, they've got an experienced receiving crew. There is, there's talent here, um, and like there's still defensive talent that I think they can be you know, a little, little scrappy, a little feisty year one. Um, maybe the biggest disappointment in college football last year is Washington um, preseason ranked and then just dropping like a stone. Um, so a lot of those players are still there. You bring in Penix, obviously. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. But um, if he can, he's been, he's been slinging it in practice, looking great. So... I uh, I think Washington will probably win seven games year one, um, go to a bowl. I think everyone's happy with that. I don't think there's yeah. really a lot of pressure here out of the gate. The hard part, I think, is that the rest of the North is going to be so average. And so it could be looked at as like a missed opportunity. But at the same time, you yeah. need to keep expectations relative to what you have. and like you said, seven wins in a bowl game should be perfectly fine in year one. Absolutely. And then another new coach in the Apple Cup, uh, Jake Dickert at Washington State, really earned that job after the interim status last year, kept the ship afloat despite all of the -the off-the-field distractions from the the Nick Rolovic situation. Um, Mm -hmm. And They've got a fun new quarterback in Cam Ward. Um, so best case scenario, the Apple Cup turns into an absolute shootout and, and rivals the Egg Bowl in fun. Um, but I don't know. Where to, what are you kind of thinking for, for year one here for the Cougs? Yeah, I, I love taking the interim tag off. I think uh, it's one of the rarer things in college sports that you see. I think everyone wants to make a huge splash and doesn't necessarily want to reward someone for stability or or stabilizing a sinking ship. And I think that, like you said, is absolutely what was happening at Washington State. 
Um, and, you know, to his credit, this is a guy that's been around at so many different programs. You know, he started at Wisconsin Stevens Point as a graduate assistant in 2007 and has now worked his way up to Division One Power Five head football coach. So it's impressive. Um, I think being competitive really is is the big piece here. Like you said, Ward is a really exciting and intriguing quarterback. And what he can do will determine how far this team goes. And I think that's a lot of pressure on a guy that really has only done it at the FCS level. Um, but that said, they should be in like the hunt for a bowl game, I think. Five or six wins does not seem out of the question. Yeah, and I think also the good news is Ward's not a rental. He's only a sophomore, yeah. so... There's there's something to build on there. It's not as much pressure. Like you need yeah. to produce right away. Um, so yeah, I, I think we could see some some pretty fun apple cups in the next next few seasons. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Um, other Pac-12 players to watch for you? Yeah, uh, the new workhorse in the backfield for Oregon is going to be Byron Cardwell. He uh, he had a Small sample size last season, but ran it pretty well in his opportunities over six yards of carry. So excited to see what he can do with more touches. Omar Spates over at uh, Oregon State. That I, you know, Washington had a couple guys I wanted to call out. All of them had nearly impossible names to pronounce. So I went with the most difficult. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can do it. Edifuan Ilafuso uh, uh, at linebacker. Really good speed, can read the game really well, uh, better than I can read his name. And and so we'll leave it at that. Ron Stone Jr. for Washington State. Um, Brett Johnson, because I have to name someone from Cal. <laughs> uh, Stanford's got your Eurosec at uh, tight end, I think is where he plays. But yeah, he's he's been doing well there. Jacob Cohen over at Arizona. We've got Cam Rising already from Utah. Charbonnet at UCLA going to provide a nice balance in that uh, one-two attack with DTR on the offensive side of the ball. And then, you know, USC, everything really comes down to Caleb Williams, what he can do. Yeah. Uh, so Jackson Sermon at linebacker for Cal. Will Wilcox get a winning season? Still probably not. Um, yeah. But again, he might be better than there Stanford is, this year, though. There, there are there's room for wins in the Pac-12 North. Somebody's got to get them. Um, once you get presumably below Oregon, um, yeah, DTR is going to be a lot of fun. Um, arguably the most productive quarterback in the conference, just from a, a pure stats level. But playing for Chip Kelly, that can happen sometimes. Um, then Merlin Robertson out of ASU. This is a, uh, a powder keg of a situation. Um, I feel like it's going to blow up soonish. Um, but for right now, he's something to, uh, to hold your hat on. And Tanner McKee at Stanford um, might be the only bright spot for the Cardinal. Um, but second year as a starter, shaking off some of the freshman growing pains. He's a guy who has a great chance to play on Sundays, get taken in the, the first two or three rounds in the NFL draft in a couple seasons. Um, so I think he's going to ball out and have a great year. 
yeah, he'll be fun to watch. Well, nothing else on that Stanford yeah. team will be fun to watch. So time to go to the place where it just means more. The Southeastern Conference. Um, right now, I'm thinking that there is going to be a national champion coming out of this conference. Um, but yep. we, can, we can go smaller scale for that, although that could offend some SEC fans. Uh, <laughs> you, got, you got Alabama or Georgia here, or someone else. You want to go off the beaten path? I would love to be able to say that I would, but I'm going to take Alabama. Um, the offense is loaded. They return the defending Heisman winner. Um, and the defense has what four preseason all Americans led by, uh, Will Anderson at linebacker. The secondary is going to be good. The line's going to be good. The linebacking core is ridiculous. The offensive line is going to be improved. They, they just, look to be I think last year we said it a few times that they looked just a little young at times it looked about a year away this this team looks prime and ready for the spotlight and ready to make the run at a title yeah um I mean Alabama to me has the best offensive best defensive player in the country um not one guy two different guys Bryce Young Will Anderson um usually a pretty good indicator. Um, Nick Saban got paid again today, um, right yeah, before he, he recorded this. Um, so, you know, not a contract year. Will he be motivated? Um, no, but he's he's always dying to to win. And and you know, last year, absolutely stung um, very badly for him. Um, mm-hmm. Got Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech in the backfield, who is an absolute blur. The defense is going to be a strength again and yeah yeah i george is going to be good the defense not going to be on the level it was last year stetson bennett is a good quarterback you've got brock bowers um arguably the best tight end of the conference but i think this is a return to form year uh where alabama is like all right last year was cute you know we lost to a&m that was annoying, um, but they will uh, they will run the table in my mind. Yeah, it's just going to be too tough to beat them week in and week out because even if the defense doesn't perform, the offense is going to be loaded. If the offense isn't performing, the defense is loaded. It's just not they're not a one they're not an Ohio State where if you could slow down that offense, you had a chance to win a game. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's not going to happen this year. Um, barring a rash of injuries, um, the likes of which these eyes have never seen. Two very notable coaching changes in the SEC. First, uh, the one of the weirdest marriages, seemingly, uh, Brian Kelly, LSU. He's no coach o, but... Football starts soon, so I would think his hope is, you know, if they start winning football games, people care about that a lot less. Um, there is plenty of talent. Um, and, you know, Jaden Daniels coming over from Arizona State to potentially play quarterback. But uh, I, I think at minimum, 
getting to to seven eight wins year one is uh, going to be the expectation from the Tiger faithful. Yeah, uh, you know it was nice to see him acclimate with the locals with the fraud accent, but uh, he's going to have to do a lot more than that to to really win them over. I am shocked at the reception he has gotten thus far um, for a guy that really kind of did a lot to put himself on the other side of the fan base at Notre Dame. He has really tried early to uh, get LSU to warm up to him. So it, it is interesting. In my mind, it is like a, a similar Kevin Willard to Maryland move where he he actively tried to piss yeah. off the Seton Hall fan base, and now he's like doing anything and everything that Maryland wants him to. Um, but there's one thing you can't deny, and that's that he wins football games. Uh, he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, for, for better or worse. Um, and he won a ton at his previous two stops, Central Michigan and Cincinnati. So the guy has done it at multiple different levels. Now the SEC is obviously a step up. He needs to recruit. That was one of his weaknesses at Notre Dame. If he can recruit at an SEC level, I think he's going to have no problem winning football games. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really it. I mean, he the man's just trying to fit in. He's got uh, Keishon Boutte, um, the next great LSU wide receiver. So whoever's thrown to him, they're gonna have fun. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things that it's gonna take a really really long time to adjust to. Um, just yeah. kind of like that's he's got a. A Boston area guy just coaching in the SEC. It's uh, it's. Wild. I need him to uh, end every interview with a Go Tigers as well. <laughs> yeah, that'll be well received. <laughs> yeah, um, and then Billy Napier to Florida. Um, I Florida's playing Utah Week One, so that'll yeah. be it's one of the the best games to really get a read on Florida. Um, I don't think they'll be that great year one. Um, not a big Anthony Richardson guy. I think he's just what you might refer to as a sports center quarterback where he'll have a couple plays that look amazing on highlights. But if you watch the full tape of a game, he's just maddeningly inconsistent. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, really, the the biggest thing for Billy Napier right now, I think, is just crushing it on the recruiting trail because Dan Mullen famously did not really care about that inexplicably because you're in the SEC, you have to. Like, everyone is going balls to the wall uh, to do that. But I think if they can make strides in recruiting year one um, and get a couple, you know, especially noteworthy wins, that will make people happy. Um, But... Yeah, other than that, I, I don't think you can expect too much right off the bat year one here. No, definitely not. And you know, he's he's this is a big leap from Louisiana. So you need to expect that there's going to be I don't want to say a learning curve, but there's going to be a, a barrier to entry that he needs to overcome here early on. Um Biggest loss, obviously, is going to be Mrs. Mullen for the Florida Gators. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I I 
think he's a good football coach. He just, like you said, it is an arms race in terms of recruiting, especially in the state of Florida. Miami seems to be waking up like we talked about earlier. Florida State seems to be on the come up. UCF has been playing good football, and they've got a very interesting coach down there now. And Gus Malzahn, um, there's there's just a lot to compete with down in that region. So the Gators need to step it up on the recruiting trail and become the you know top program again in the state. Absolutely. Um, there are a lot of good players in this conference. There are. It just means more. Uh, who who are some that you've got your eye on? Uh, we've mentioned a few of them. We've mentioned Brock Bowers already. Um, we've mentioned Will Anderson. We've mentioned Kayshawn Boutte, who's also just a phenomenal name. Phenomenal yes. Louisiana name. Yeah. Um, Tank Bigsby was mentioned previously. He is still at Auburn. Uh, he's going to be the focal point for them. Manuel Forbes in the secondary for Mississippi State. This actually should be an, a solid Mississippi State defense. Secondary will be uh, decent, really good front four that they've got there. Uh, Zach Evans returns at Ole Miss. 648 yards and five touchdowns last season. Jalen Catalan in the secondary for Arkansas. Antonio Johnson at A&M is a, another good safety. Um, Javen Foster at Missouri, high quality offensive lineman, because again, I'm obligated to say something nice about Missouri. Spencer Rattler may be the most intriguing player in the entire conference because he has NFL ceiling, um, like top first round, top of the first round ceiling, and he has transfer out of Oklahoma to South Carolina basement. So we'll see where he goes in between those two. Uh, Brenton Cox at Florida, eight and a half sacks last year, should be a menace uh, getting into the backfield on the pass rush. Chris Rodriguez is still at Kentucky. Him and Levis are, are a nice little one-two punch uh, for the Wildcats. And then, of course, Tennessee, last but not least, Hennon Hooker, uh, the stir straw that serves the drink there. Defense should be improved. He will need to lead the offense and be much more consistent if Tennessee is going to make a run at the SEC East. Yeah, he's at least got Cedric Tillman back. Uh, Record-setting Vols offense near one under Heupel um, certainly gives you hope for this year. Um, so hopefully for Vol Nation, they can continue to play at that level. Yeah, uh, Some other fun guys in the East, Isaiah McGuire, Missouri, um, on the defensive line, Cam Smith at South Carolina. South Carolina was so bad at defending the run last year that they lucked into having the best pass defense in the SEC. Um, but Cam Smith did have a good season individually. Um, Will Rogers at Mississippi State is going to continue to put up video game numbers. An example of that, Jaquavius Marks, running back, 83 catches last year. Um, that is absurd, and Mike Leach is a madman, but it is fun to watch uh, from time to time. Uh, Derek Hall still anchoring the defensive line at Auburn. Elite, elite name, bumper pool, linebacker, Arkansas. Yep. 12 and a half uh, tackles for lost last year. KJ Jefferson going to be a lot of fun on that offense as well. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, right up there with with Hendon Hooker as the the next tier of quarterbacks after Bryce Young. Um, and then Devin Achain uh, will be the featured back now. Almost ran for a thousand yards backing up Isaiah Spiller last year, um, so he is going to take off presumably. Um, and Vanderbilt will also play football this year, so that is uh, that is something to get excited about if you're Clark Lee. Can't confirm. They have a new logo and nice helmets, which you yeah. might see on a thread coming from our account soon. Very fresh. So that is our uh, our Power Five preview. Um, I know we're we're running a little long here, so so quickly before we wrap up, do you want to? run through uh your top five group of five teams we can we can ignore notre dame and, and byu they'll they'll both be good but technically still independence they are um yeah so i have got houston i actually think they're gonna win the american they might run the table uh if they do they will have an outside chance at the playoff I personally don't think it happens um, because I just think that the teams that I have in currently are just going to be that much better, that much higher in terms of the, uh, the playoff committee's eyes. Um, Cincinnati, they lose a ton and an absolute ton, especially in that secondary, but they will reload for sure and be a force again at the top of the American Boise state's going to have a really nice year as well. Uh, Fresno State, the offense, despite the loss of Kalen DeBoer, they will still be able to run the show offensively and play uh, some pretty high-tempo, fast-paced offense. And number five, I have Air Force. They return a lot of talent. They will be uh, a lot of fun to watch this year and probably favored in every single game they play, which is a nice little quirk. The troops will be solid this year. Yes. No argument there. Uh, I have four of the five, same five teams, a um, little different order. I've got Cincinnati at one just for LT legend Ben Bryant. Hopefully mm-hmm. he's going to win that quarterback job. Uh, the defense will be solid again. Houston is going to be a wagon. Uh, Clayton tuned to Nathaniel Dell over and over and over again for Coach Dana. Also got Boise at three. Fresno at four. A little surprising that uh, Jake Hayner stayed. Could have been a, a power five starter elsewhere, but that's a, a big retention for Jeff Tedford. And then five, I've got uh, UCF. I think this will be mm-hmm. one hell of an offense. Uh, Plumley got the starting QB job earlier today. A lot of announcements today before we started recording, yeah. which I really appreciate. Less speculation for me. Um, Absolutely. So that, that gives them, uh, you know, a lot of, a big time running threat out of the quarterback position. Got Cat for Life, Isaiah Bowser still there. Good group of receivers. Um, Gus is going to have some fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I see the the best of the best in the group of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the American is going to be very good this year. The that top of the American is going to be very good this year. Let me rephrase. No argument here. We. Uh, we love the American here on this program. Not enough people do elsewhere. Mm-hmm. 
So that'll do it for our uh, college football preview spectacular. Uh, we will be back next week for a recap of anything notable that happened week zero, if something did, and then really dive into week one. But thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.